Travis Etienne, do you draft him or do you avoid him in 2022? How about Jalen Waddle? Now that Tyreek Hill is in town, are we going to buy Waddle in 2022 or will we avoid him? We're breaking down both of these guys and more. We'll talk about more players, the Fantasy Football Show. It begins now. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. I like Travis Etienne a lot. This time last year, we were talking about Etienne being probably the best pass-catching running back in the NFL draft class 2021. And arguably, during the NFL draft last year, when the top three wide receivers were off the board, Etienne was the best pass-catching option left. He got drafted into a horrible situation led by Urban Meyer, James Robinson, Etienne. It was kind of a mess, and they didn't use Etienne properly either. Then he got hurt, fully expected to be ready to go by off-season workouts, and in James Robinson, Robinson's coming back from an Achilles. You know how I feel about that. This guy, Cam Akers, I'm not even excited about, and he came back really early part of the problem so i'm not worried about james robinson and if you want more on acres maybe hang around i might talk about him at the end there's some good and bad walking into 2022 when it comes to travis Etienne. let's start off with a good amazing pass catching running back he truly has the ability to be a a top 10 running back in the nfl he's got near elite potential the problem and the negative is that doug peterson is now the head coach in jacksonville and he loves running and implementing a running back by committee it's almost a near lock that he's trying to to implement a running back by committee. The difference with this situation versus all the other ones that he's ever faced is ETN's going to rise to the top very easily. And because he's a dual threat and Jacksonville doesn't have big name wide receivers, Christian Kirk's getting paid big boy money, but he's no big dog wide receiver. ETN's going to be called upon. And even if there's some sort of rotation at the running back position, this guy's going to play wide receiver a lot of the time. You can literally play him on the field at the same time with the running back that, that Doug Peterson deems worthy of the running back by committee, Trevor Lawrence will learn to lean on Travis Etienne in ways that I think it makes it hard for Peterson to take Etienne off the field. There's still risk that Doug Peterson does rotate, removing a running back, plugging in a running back. Could he misuse Etienne? Absolutely. But aside from Trevor Lawrence, the team is starving for an elite talent to kind of shine with Lawrence, and I think that Etienne will rise to the top. Look at the expert rankings right here from like 35 to 57. You'll notice Etienne's at 50. After Jacobs, after McLaurin, after Godwin, who's hurt. Pittman, I love Herbert at 52, I'm not going to lie. Waller's pretty good at 54 as well. But this is a very good value for for ETN where the risk feels baked in. Like looking up where Fournette is at at 36, Deontay at 37, Elliott at 38, Connor at 40, Barkley at 41. I'm very comfortable paying a value that's like 10, 11, 12 draft slots after those guys up there, Connor, Elliott, Deontay, Fournette. I think ETN, even in a a semi-nightmarish kind of situation, in in Jacksonville where Peterson won't really fully let him loose. I think he still earns top 50 overall value. The risk is all... The definition of baked in. I'm buying ETN in 2022. I I like him a lot. This is coming from a very skeptical person whenever Doug Peterson's involved and we're talking about the running backs because he will for sure try and do a running back by committee type of approach. ETN's just going to be very difficult to contain in a running back by committee given Trevor Lawrence is going to lean on him. If there's ever going to be a situation where the quarterback gets to decide, I want him on the field, Doug. It's going to be this situation right here. ETN's going to provide Trevor Lawrence with a dynamic he won't find with any other player on the roster. Sign me up all day 
at 50 to 55 overall for ETN in 2022. And in Dynasty, I, I think he'll go a little higher, but he's going to be a value in Dynasty as well. I like him more than, than a Barkley. I like him more than obviously an Elliott in Dynasty over a, a recovering Godwin a Jacobs. Give me ETN over Jacobs all day long. Redraft Dynasty doesn't matter. Damian Harris doesn't have longevity. I like AJ Dillon at 57 though. ETN and AJ Dillon feel very similar in terms of, of, of Dynasty value. And while we're on that topic, let's talk about AJ Dillon. In redraft, he's ranking in, according to expert consensus data across the fantasy industry, around 55, 56, 57 overall. In Dynasty, it's got to be a handful of picks higher, but I bet you he's still very undervalued because currently, right now, Aaron Jones is still on the roster. Now, we're going to be predictive here and talk about Aaron Jones being released in 2022 because based on the money, that is a very, very likely scenario. The Packers save over $10 million by cutting Aaron Jones this time next year, which means that A.J. Dillon potentially will have the keys to the lineup all by himself from 2023 on. Now, they could draft another rookie running back. A.J. Dillon could get hurt. Not having Devontae Adams could make the Packers utilize Aaron Jones in a in a real big way in the receiving game in 2022. And if, let's say, A.J. Dillon got banged up and, and Aaron Jones went off in 2022, which is possible, he's still good. That could alter the landscape next year when we're talking about this come time to release him to get that $10 million. So don't expect him to get cut, but it does feel like there's a real good chance if he doesn't absolutely explode and go bonkers in 2022. Hard to imagine he could with A.J. Dillon on the roster getting a lot of carries. He'll probably be released if, if this time next year he doesn't walk into the situation coming off a huge, huge year. If healthy and getting... 15 plus carries a game. AJ Dillon's a 100 yard and a touchdown threat every time he gets that kind of volume. The tricky part in Dynasty is that there's so many moving parts like the whole will Aaron Jones get cut? Will AJ Dillon stay healthy? Will Rodgers even be on the team anymore? Or will he play one year and then retire? It's it's so tough to know and I think when you play for a whole year or two in advance it can burn you more than it helps you. Like hanging on to this situation it might not play out the way you think and then you're like god I wasted 2022 thinking I was, I was making a great move by waiting on AJ Dillon. But the good news is he's going to be productive in 2022, whether you're waiting on him or not. So he's kind of a crafty dynasty hold or go get or in a, in a, in a startup, since we're kind of talking draft or avoid, I go get him at the right price. 55 in a redraft, 57 in a redraft, 10 spots, 15 spots higher in a dynasty, probably. You know, looking at him at like 40 to 45, not not a bad range to, to draft him in. Not a, not a huge risk, in my opinion. As I mentioned, ETN and AJ Dillon probably have very similar dynasty appeal, similar upside, similar risk. I like both more than I like Jacobs. I like both more than I like Barkley, Connor, Elliott, even Deontay, and in dynasty, especially over Fournette. And that would drive him up like near the the bottom of round three, top of round four, but I don't think he'll climb that high. Not right now with the fact that Aaron Jones is still on the roster. Let's fast forward to 2023 in the offseason. Let's say A.J. Dillon does good, but not amazing, but he does good, and Aaron Jones gets cut. He's now a bottom of the third round or a top of the fourth round pick. That's next year if, if all that plays out that way, but right now with Aaron Jones still in the picture, you can only bring him up so high even in Dynasty, so I think he's a value grab. I think all the risk is uh, baked in to this value as well and i can't envision a lot of scenarios where i don't like aj dylan i'm gonna draft him i'm gonna trade for him i'm gonna hold him i'm not avoiding him jalen waddle do you draft him and redraft do you draft him in a dynasty startup do you trade for him at a dynasty league do you trade him away 
in an existing dynasty league. I like him. I like him a lot. I love Jalen Waddle. He was a top five breakout wide receiver for me before Tyreek Hill landed in, in Miami. When it happened, I was I was devastated. Like this is one of my bigger predictions and already Tyreek Hill and McDaniel, who's doing a great job from a football perspective, rained on the parade. But, but did he? Maybe short term, he probably did. Let's be honest. In, in redraft, how can we expect top five breakout wide receiver numbers for Waddle? Tua's only going to throw so much. Tua could be more effective than we ever anticipated pre-Tyreek Hill acquisition. I mean, that goes without saying. I'm not going to be shocked. I don't need to hear a, I told you, Smitty. You didn't like Tua before Hill arrived. I told you. Things change, man. And, and Tua, Tua has an opportunity to play like a top 9 to 12, 9 to 14 quarterback, that, that that range is very tight. You could be 14 and you could be 9 and you could be 22 points apart. Tua could play in that range. But that range won't feed Tyreek Hill and Waddle to the tune where they're both a top 5 wide receiver. I don't think Tua is going to throw that much. I think the offense will be super dynamic. There'll be a lot of pulling, misdirection, big plays. Tyreek Hill getting a lot of work on the ground. Waddle getting some work on the ground. We thought Waddle was going to be the Debo 2.0, he still might have some of that going on in 2022, but Tyreek Hill's probably going to fit that bill even more. I do imagine McDaniel, who came over from the 49ers, brought that Debo Samuel 2.0 the 2021 version of Debo that we saw, he was the architect of a lot of that. He brings those blueprints over to Miami where he's now head coach, and he's probably going to use Waddle and Hill both in a Debo Samuel type of role at times, but I don't see top five wide receiver numbers yet at a Waddle. Can he still be eight to 12, four wide receivers in 2022 fantasy football? No question about it. He could be that good. And any game Hill's down, he's going to be a, a top five wide receiver. And the thing about Hill is that he He's a speed guy. And as seen with like Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson always struggles with injury, hamstring injuries, soft tissue injuries because because he's firing off, taxing his body at light speed. And sometimes you see a wide receiver like Tyreek Hill, Deshaun Jackson break down quicker than some wide receivers who aren't going 100,000 miles per hour. It takes a toll on your body when you're when you're that quick, taking hits, doing all that hard work over and over and over. Your body wears down. You're you're working hard than most other wide receivers. You're running a track meet every time you're on the field. I'm not saying Tyreek Hill's for sure going down this year, but it wouldn't shock me if he missed four, five, six games. He's always got that feel of being injury prone, talking about Tyreek Hill. And while he only missed one game in 2017, four games in 2019, one game in 2020, he is kind of always a little bit of a concern. And at 5'10", 185, he's little... Even though he's compact, he's little and and a little more susceptible to injury. So Tyreek Hill being 28 years old, about one to two years away from a potential drop-off at about 30-31 for wide receivers. Factoring in, he's a total speed guy. Decline at 29 wouldn't shock me. Getting hurt for two, three, four games, soft tissue, hamstring injuries wouldn't shock me at all. My point is that Jalen Waddle who's 23 years old, Tyreek 28, both really about the exact same size. My point is that Waddle, Waddle walks into a pretty bright future playing for a guy like McDaniel when Tyreek Hill probably has one to two years left of potential elite production. Waddle could easily take over as the number one wide receiver within one and a half to two and a half years. And Tyreek Hill again, wouldn't shock me if he's missing games. The point is if you can pay for for Waddle at a draft slot that's nowhere near Tyreek Hill's draft slot and the presence of Hill has bumped Waddle all the way down to like fifth round range according to expert consensus data 
in redraft, he's coming in around wide receiver 17. I love Elijah Moore. DJ Moore's okay. Cooper's decent. Godwin's hurt. Deontay, no quarterback. That's a great value for Waddle in redraft. I'm buying. I'm not avoiding. I'm buying Waddle in redraft at 17. Four wide receivers. Look at all the wide receivers above him. Even in his current situation and predicament, I like him over Deontay at 16. Metcalf at 15 with no quarterback. We're talking redraft. Higgins at 14. I like him more than Higgins at 14. Even in his current situation. Keenan Allen at 13 is arguable. Mike Thomas, give me a break. Where's that data even coming from? Are experts really ranking Mike Thomas at, at number 12? Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill. Honestly, if, if I had to, I'd draft Waddle at 9, 10, 11, but you don't have to, 17. And in Dynasty, we're talking about Waddle at number 10, above every guy I named. Every guy I named in the redraft list is below him now in the Dynasty list, and it feels about right. Like, I'd pay this value in redraft as I just described and mapped out. So what do you think I'm going to say about number 10 overall in Dynasty? I like it. I mean, maybe he doesn't climb more than three or four spots if let's say hill goes down and doesn't have a very long career he he does well for a year and a half and then waddle takes over is the number one wide receiver from 2023 and a half on in mcdaniel's system i like him two or three spots ahead of of number 10 so predictively i love 10 right now in dynasty above only guys like metcalf higgins deontay dj moore godwin mclaurin Elijah Moore, again, I like Elijah Moore. Judy, I like Judy, but I draft him if I have to, and I don't have to, in redraft at this value. I love this value. Give me 10 all day long for Waddle at all wide receivers in Dynasty. I'm drafting him in Dynasty at this value. I'm trading for him in Dynasty at this value. I am not avoiding Waddle. I love Waddle at this value. And something tells me that there'll be a different quarterback in Miami in one to two years. So preemptively going and acquiring Waddle and Dynasty, smart move, Bob. Give me ETN in redraft in Dynasty. Give me Dylan in redraft in Dynasty. Give me Waddle in redraft in Dynasty. Give me all three of them at their current asking price. I'm not avoiding any one of the three. Their ADPs in redraft and Dynasty are all very acceptable to me. 50 to 55 in redraft. I just looked in Dynasty. He's going about 45 to 48, so not much higher. Dylan's going about 53 in Dynasty and around 55, 60 in redraft. And Waddle's wide receiver 17 in redraft and number 10 or 11 in Dynasty. Totally acceptable on both accounts. I'm loving all three of these guys. And I told you before I leave, I would talk about this man right here, Cam Akers. In a nutshell, you've heard me say it before, but no one's recovered from a torn Achilles tendon to ever return to a top 10 running back form or torn an Achilles tendon and just become a top 10 running back. Whether it's returning to top 10 form or developing into, for the first time, like Akers would be, a top 10 running back. He was on his way to becoming a top 10 running back. He had never truly transformed into a top 10 running back, but no running back. I'm not talking about a basketball player, a cornerback, a quarterback, a center, a billiards player, a bobsled champion. I'm talking about running backs who take different kinds of abuse with their lower body, especially their Achilles and their knees and their feet and ankles, the kind of abrupt, sharp movements they make, forced misdirection, unplanned cutting, and 300 pound linemen, multiple 300 pound linemen, shoving them into the ground on every play. A lot of it's the unexpected planting and, and explosion that a running back endures. Think of it like driving in a car. When you have your hands on the wheel, you rarely get car sick. Or if you're grabbing the, oh shit, 
handle, it helps you not get car sick because you've got control of your movements. So wide receivers, basketball players, they have control of what they're doing. Quarterbacks, yeah, you get hit once in a while, but that's a rarity compared to all the movements you're making constantly on the field as a wide receiver and you're running. Running backs, it's like driving in a passenger seat of a car, not expecting the bumps and turns and, and stops and goes. If you're blindfolded sitting in a passenger car, that's what it's like running. As a running back in the NFL, you go through a hole, you don't know what direction your body's gonna go because you're getting hit from every side. And so you're planting in ways that are different. You're exploding in ways that are different. Your Achilles tendon is being forced to, to explode and flex. No other position's taxing that Achilles tendon the way you are as a running back. A lot of unexpected changes in direction and it's different. There's a reason why running backs don't last very long in the NFL. There's a reason why a running back can play really good football until 26, 27 years old now. But if getting the volume in those scenarios I'm describing where you have no control and you're getting hit by multiple people in trying to be driven into the ground every time, your knees, your ankle, your Achilles, your feet, your lower body breaks down differently. The abuse is tremendous. That's why a running back, not a wide receiver or a D-back has never become an elite player after an Achilles tendon tear. Not to mention this man right here was already tagged and coined injury prone walking into last season. You can at me if you want, but he was my number two avoid at running back for all of 2021. A very big injury risk from even the way he played in college football. He's reckless with his body. He leads with his head and his neck. He puts his body in unnecessary risky situations on the field. Not to mention he rushed back from an Achilles tendon tear after five, six months of recovery, which normally takes nine months to a year. And even then, players coming back from a torn Achilles often suffer a lower leg injury that first year back because their body isn't ready for the abuse that an NFL running back, running back endures. And they suffer some kind of compensation injury or re-injure the Achilles tendon. This guy rushed back after five or six months that, that backs up the opinion that he's reckless with his own body. In my opinion, it's too tall an order for Akers to escape injury in 2022. In Dynasty, he's ranking 26 overall. That's literally at the end of the second round, turning into the third round. In Redraft, he hovers in the middle of the third round to the fourth round. It's kind of all over the map, but I'm not taking Akers at all in 2022. I'm avoiding him. In Redraft, in Dynasty, I'm not holding him. If I own him, I'm selling him. Good trade ideas would be to go across position, go get a Waddle. Go get my man Waddle. Across position trades, meaning you go for a Waddle receiver because people want to overpay for running backs and they'll give you somebody they maybe shouldn't give you because they're in desperate need of a running back go across position it's a great way to trade a guy like acres that does have some doubt and when you trade him maybe make an attempt to trade one of your other players but you're not really going to trade him unless the deal is amazing and then bring acres up after you fail on making that trade to make it look like you're not worried about them. Because if you just say, hey, do you want acres? People are going to be like, why? Whoa, 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 why? So be careful how you pose your trade. Order of questioning is important. I'll go over order of questioning in my next psychology video. But basically saying, hey, do you want acres? Is very different than saying, hey, hey, do you want to trade for my Travis ETN? And then you ask a ridiculous price and they're like, no. And you're like, well, I mean, I might trade acres. And now that order of how you did it set up a trade differently than if you said, hey, I'm trying to trade acres. Hello.
Subscribe if you're new, tell your grandma, tell your friends, tell everybody, and get on over to my rankings, trade calculator, text advice website, bull predictions, everything, you name it, rookie rankings, super rookie rankings, which incorporate the rookies and sophomores only. It's probably the most popular ranking set I have. It helps you get a good grasp on dynasty value. Top 200s, trade calculators, bull predictions, articles, you name it, get on over to Want bold year-round rankings, trade calculators, and bold predictions. Get on over to sleeperu.com. And subscribe if you're new. Hit that thumbs up button, smash it. And get on over to Underdog Fantasy. Get a free 10-minute phone call from me, your boy Smitty. All you got to do is go to smitty1.com. Click on this exact banner that you'll see on my site. Or use promo code Smitty if you go over there. But just use the link. It's a lot easier. I'll give you a 10-minute phone call if you drop a minimum deposit of 10 bucks in a new Underdog account. Just DM me on Instagram at the Fantasy Football Show. A screenshot that you did it, I'll give you a 10 minute phone call. Save it for your draft day. Use it now, whatever you want. But get on over to smitty1.com and take care of that. But get out of here. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty.